0: A new episode of the rubber Radio Podcast. And uh, before we get, before we went on the air here, um, there's a guy sitting across the uh, the camera zone here from me, crying like <laughs> a little bitch. His birthday weekend, I guess he's like, it's my birthday, I'm going to cry if I want to. That's, That's right. Since since our our, um, our other co-host Long, who is uh, now almost going on a year-long hiatus from the show. Um, yeah, actually, exactly. Is, one right.
1: Well, one year next yeah. week.
0: You know, Matt. One, we you know, we always invite him. He's always welcome to come record whenever he wants. Absolutely. And Matt invited him to come on his birthday show, and and I guess Long decided uh, he wasn't joining us. So, so Matt was boo that his uh, his Asian brother wasn't joining him. And you know, so I, I, I true. Crying like a bitch.
1: I I invited him. I put together a little you know goodie bag for him. You know. We're gonna, you know, stay after the show and and karaoke Brian Adams, uh, everything I do, uh, wow. and now he's not here. He's not here for that. Um, it was a hit know. single, you know.
0: <clears throat> it's a massively it's hit single, actually. Greatest oh. love
1: song ever, possibly.
0: Uh,
1: I don't know about that. Top ten? Top ten? Maybe top ten? Say top
0: ten. I mean, I'm kind of partial to George Strait's "Cross My Heart," but you know. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, the topic. yeah. And, you know, and uh, but um, yes, we are now the Rebel Radio podcast of love, we're singing love yes. tunes for you all night long. Stay with us, baby. smooth, love <laughs> tunes. rock ballads. <laughs> man, I was a I got told you know one time a long time ago when we were doing um the show as a uh, as a radio show. Someone told yeah. me they're like, man, you have like. I, this is a true story. I'm not patting my own ego because I'm not really like that. I'm very introverted. But uh, someone told me um, that I had a I had a late-night radio love voice. Like I could just <laughs> – you know, I, I don't know. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you could just play late-night tunes and make the ladies swoop. I'm like, really? I've never been told that before. This was told to me from a, a, a woman a long time ago. And um, I was like, okay, sure never thought of it that way. Cause I honestly, when I, she, is, she show, loved
1: your voice, man,
0: I listen to the shows. I, I hate the fucking way I sound sometimes. And I rarely listen to our own episodes. I, I used to quite often, but it was more out of, um, to see what we could improve on. But now I, yeah. in the last, in the last few years, I think we've got such a good flow of the show. I don't feel the need to listen as much anymore to myself. Yeah. Um, and, and then I'm just uh hard of myself anyways. Like I said that I sound fucking stupid. You know, but it is what it is. But then sometimes I get told like a uh, a friend of our a friend of a friend of mine that listens to the show, um, let's just say we got called perverts for last week's episode. But you know what, I'm not fucking apologizing for it. You know, I will stand by my the uh, bullies that seeing Jennifer Lawrence naked was worth every fucking second. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. Stay, stick by it,
1: man. You know, don't a, don't change I'm, for anybody.
0: And if I'm a pervert for that, well, <laughs> god dang it, you know. Yeah, don't I'm don't let. Man. I'm a man. Baby. Yeah. You know? Don't let
1: anybody else ruin your day. Ruin it yourself. Be a that's man.
0: Right. You know, I'm not gonna be stuck <laughs> in this politically correct cancel world and say that I can't say Jennifer Lawrence has a nice pair of tits. You know, I'm gonna say that's, it. That's
1: that's that's American, dude. That's, that's right. You know, that's what America is all about.
0: Fuck all this. Fuck all this 2023 cancel culture woke shit.
1: Yeah, if you want to watch, you know Jennifer Lawrence naked punching, you right. know people in the, in the vagina. Yeah, getting punched in the vodge, Yeah,
0: I'm gonna fucking watch it.
1: Okay? Exactly.
0: Yeah. I'm not gonna apologize for it. But um, uh, happy birthday, brother. You know. Thank you, um, sir. Thank you. You know, you've another year's gone by. You grew another pube. You know, and uh, just one more. Yeah. You know, but man, I um, I'm gonna since, since we are we're doing a love connection day. I am going to on publicly air this, you know, that man, but, you know, I am, you know, known you almost 20 years now and you've, you know, you've gone from being a kid to a bigger kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, just but, a bigger kid. just being a great father and a great friend. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of you and, and uh, so happy birthday, man. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it, man. Wonderful. You, you, uh, you and your family, you know, mean a lot to me and, you know, you've done a lot for me. So I uh, do appreciate everything you do. So,
1: everything I do I do it for you how about
0: <laughs> <don't know>. that
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brian Adams working in Brian Adams again right there
0: <laughs> yeah man, you know, but, but yeah man so another year is going by man it seems like we were just doing birthday movies and we just did mine last month and now yours and it's like
1: uh, yeah, man, you're talking about the radio show. It's like, wow, it, it really has been. I was 18 years old, and you know, it was damn near 20 years.
0: Yeah, you know, and you're right. The, we're gonna hit the 10th anniversary of the podcast version next year. Um, you know, so it's uh it's been quite a ride, man. We've had uh, a lot of adventures together. There'll be a lot of reminiscing, I think, here in this next uh, few months as we get close to that 10 year anniversary of the podcast. Oh yeah, we'll that's form. gonna be yeah. epic. I mean, you know, we've it's taken us many adventures doing and we just did this show for fun. We had no idea <laughs> where we were going with it. We didn't even know if it would make it past a few episodes and uh here yeah. we are at, at three thirty six or something. I don't know. No we're past that 380.
1: Hmm. Yeah, 380. No,
0: three eighty Yeah, three eighty. No three 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 sixty
1: something, three sixty four. Yeah, I know we're almost at three seventy. I think this
0: is three sixty four. So yeah. And uh but uh, yeah, three six. This is episode three sixty four. So man, it's like wow, and uh, we're we're just chugging along. And time flies when you're having fun, dude. Yeah, no, it is. It's a good time every week to get a get um get together and talk movies and, and pop culture and stuff. And uh, and uh, you know, it's funny that I by accident, not because I thought maybe Long was going to be on the show this this week with um with the one of Voodoo's five dollar cells. I Wyatt was looking at with me and you know, he loves he's eight years old and he loves Godzilla. So Mm -hmm. we, we bought, we bought Godzilla 2000 for five bucks and, uh, we watched it. Not Uh, bad. It's, um, you know, that was the reboot that happened in 1999. Um, when TriStar had planned on, you know, a big trilogy for Godzilla's. Yeah. With Broderick, right? Yeah. Well, they had another, when the Broderick one failed, they had another trilogy planned. Um, as a backup. and uh, But it looked like the powers that be at TriStar weren't going to make it happen because of the failure of the Broderick film. Um, okay. So part of their deal was getting the rights of Godzilla was that they had to help co-finance the next film with a Toho. Toho. And um, So Godzilla 2000 or Godzilla Millennium, as some people call it, to launch the Millennium Era was a co-production um it's still very much japanese production but you can tell there's a little more money involved in it there's a lot of cgi mm-hmm. shots there's still a lot of man in the suit shots but there's a ton of action they definitely upped the ante to have a lot more action in it instead of a uh, so much social commentaries and expositions in it um yeah and there's but it's also really weird just like that kind of era it was like with the fairies and stuff there's like a weird alien space probe that comes out of the water and it turns into like a Godzilla, like clone that he fights. <laughs> it's oh, all very, weird. It still has that really strange Japanese bizarre culture stuff in it that, like, you just kind of go with it. As an American viewer, you're just like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to watch it. I um, like, I've it, seen it all. Yeah. It, it's a fun watch, though, you know, and it rebooted Godzilla. And I, and I guess they, they did, Matoho decided to reboot it when the TriStar um, era fell apart because they wanted to have, you know, Godzilla films ready for the 50th anniversary and all that. Yeah. And, um, so, um, but it, it's the fun, you know, it, it was, it was a cool little watch. I mean, you know, and, uh, some really, uh, good, cin- uh, good cinematography work. I thought in it for a Godzilla film. I was like, man, there's some pretty impressive shots in this movie as far as camera and good things. Um, so, you know, it's not one of the better Godzilla films I would say from that era, but, uh, but it's still definitely entertaining and very watchable. Um, and I kind of watched, it's weird. I watched the trailer before it and it has that very late '90s trailer feel, Um just like the movie we're doing today. It's very much like you can watch this movie and go, "When was this made?" And someone's easily going to guess, "Oh, like '90 something," you know. And that's kind yeah. of the trailer for Godzilla 2000 felt. Um But it was, it was a fun watch. Um Other than that, man, I uh, I uh, haven't watched. I didn't watch a lot this week because I've uh, just I don't know. I had things to do. Um, I did watch Ahsoka, which you know we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, God, for some reason, I feel like there was something else I I fucking watched. Well, I mean, I did watch Indiana Jones again, but I talked about that last week. But I literally watched it again since last week. I'm like, you (laughs) know, one more time. (laughs) I'm Um, gonna watch it again. Really, the more it's one of those movies that I'm liking it more with each viewing. I think I'm appreciating the pacing of it. I'm appreciating the story it tells. It Does
1: have good pacing.
0: And uh, the first time I watched it. You know you're letting go of one of your favorite characters of all time, so it's a lot to take in. And the more I watch it, I realize how much there is to take in, and how much I really enjoy it. Um, and I'm really liking it more and more with each viewing. Um, what did you watch this week before we talk about so?
1: Yeah, um, so I played more Destiny, and then the server went down for maintenance, so I went back on uh, Battlefront and I decided to play for on some uh, characters that I don't usually play on. And like Lando. Um, so I started playing on Lando uh, a little bit. And uh, then I also saw a voodoo sale. And, you know, I think I would mentioned to you that I would seen Insomnia. But I hadn't really, really seen it. Because it's, it's like we, we went to go see another movie. I was in high school. Uh, and I got dropped off at the theater. And me and the girl that I was dating at the time... Uh, she, uh, you know, we watched a movie and then we're like, Hey, you know, let's see what other movie we can kind of, you know, see a little bit of And So it's kind of what you did as a teenager. You're like, "Mm, you know, see if I can walk into this theater across from this. Oh yeah. So insomnia was up there and it was supposed to be, you know, this big film and, you know, it looked enticing. So went in there and we were watching it. And I remember seeing, uh, Pacino chase Robin Williams across a bunch of logs and stuff, and it's really all I remember from it. And I know it was about a murder case,
0: it's my least favorite in all the films. <laughs> yeah, it's uh,
1: it's Hillary, Sw- it's got an odd cast, Hillary Swank. It so uh, slow too. it does, and I man, it, it's okay at the beginning. Um, it's got, I think, it's good in the beginning, in the middle, you know, it's. It's missing something in the middle the, the pacing's off. It goes into like this research mode thing and this kind of like cat and mouse thing where Robin Williams is like, Oh, I saw that you shot your partner. What should we do? You know, you don't want me to tell on you. And so, you know, then you find out he recorded their conversation and assumingly I guess Pacino's is not going to go after him and he's going to let this kid take the fall for this murder. Uh, this other suspect instead of Robin Williams. And then at the end, it all builds up uh, to where Hillary Swank is now going to be a victim of Robin Williams. And Pacino has got to go in there and say, say hello to my little friend, you know, and uh, I don't know after million dollar baby, I don't know what she did.
0: Disappeared.
1: Well, there, there was a, a horror movie that she starred in. And I, wa- I remember watching it, but it was kind of one of those throwaway horror movies. They marketed it pretty good. It looked good. And then you went and saw it and you're like, Oh, this is just a one watch kind of deal. Um, that's yeah. the last thing I saw her in. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I don't know. Insomnia, man, it says, I, I guess it was Nolan in his early days. He had done memento and he was still trying to find his footing. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me. I found it kind of a slow, boring film, you know? And, uh, I guess compared to the stuff and I'm not talking the Batman films I'm talking um you know Inception, Oppenheimer. Yeah. The Tenant is more modern stuff. Insomnia just feels just like a distant like a distant cousin almost.
1: You know, it really does. It doesn't even seem like a Nolan film really. Yeah. There's parts of it where I'm like, okay, this is kind of it, where they're in the fog and there's some confusion and he accidentally shoots his partner. I'm like, okay, this seems kind of Nolan-ish, but you know, other than that, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because there's no Hans Zimmer. You know, maybe they're it's missing that Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. But didn't Han, Hans in? He didn't score Oppenheimer, did he? I think it's the first movie they hadn't done together.
1: No, so no I don't think it. so.
0: Yeah, I think Hans. You
1: know what that. I? You know what I did see, and you've mentioned this movie before because it's a Wu film, but I know it's not that great of a film. So I I haven't even bothered trying to look at it or anything and that's paycheck and it was on sale for like I think like yeah, 6 like, or 7. I think you can
0: watch that on Paramount Plus for free.
1: Yeah, I may have to try and watch it. It's but it's like I saw the theater the trailer and and I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I saw it and uh, it goes he he works for the
0: government uh, yeah, so and then not on he's Paramount like Listeny anymore, but yeah, he, no. he's got
1: one mission, and they're like, "Okay, you know, here we go. We're gonna wipe you." And so he gets wiped, and he wakes I mean, up, and he's he's like getting questioned by them again, I guess. In the trailer, let's put it
0: this way: when when Ben Affleck, who was super proud to work with John Wu, yeah, John Wu himself, and Aaron Heckhart himself, all disown the film. Yeah, he was, you know, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, um, and apparently, like Wu's other um, Mission Impossible too, that there is a longer. Woo Woo John Wooish cut of paycheck out there, but it's never going to see a light of the day. Probably. Oh, never. Um, you know, apparently it exists. So I don't know. That
1: was funny though. They're like, What did you do? And he's like, I don't remember. You, you wiped my memory. What'd you do? I don't know, dude. You wiped my memory, man. And they're like, You've got 19 items. And he's like, Oh, I've got to put this together. And it's like a deck of cards, a toothpick. Some sunglasses I'm like is y- are you MacGyver You know
0: <laughs> All I remember from it too Is there's a really weird, There's a really weird Like Couple of John Woo moments in it Like Affleck and Eckhart's character Have the Classic Mexican standoff Which was known for and Yeah a Where Affleck opens the door And a dove flies through For like no fucking reason and it's just like <laughs> Where'd these birds come from? Who's letting these birds in this like, building? <laughs> like people complain about the doves in MI2, but at least they're in yeah. like this open cave system. Okay. You could believe there were birds down there, right? Exactly. The scene, pay, the, the scene that happens in paycheck. You're like, you're literally like, wait, what? Why is there a every bird time
1: the he room? opens a bathroom stall, these birds go everywhere. Oh,
0: such a- <laughs> I remember it- hearing about that movie and being open. Oh, you know, Uma Thurman. I was like, okay. John Woo? Okay. And then it comes out and I I saw it. I'm just like, okay, this this is not good.
1: (laughs) It wouldn't be the first movie that had a good looking cast. And then it just, you know, what happened? Like,
0: well, what happened,
1: man? You know, but it's, that's how Hollywood is sometimes, you know, you, it looks good up front and then you start opening it up and it's like kind of a can of worms. Not to Wu's fault, I think, you know, a lot of times here, obviously, talked about it many times, studio interfered a lot, just like that's, they do with a lot of other directors.
0: That, it's the film that made him leave America and go back to Hong Kong. Damn. Fucking
1: flag. Mess with no, I mean.
0: And now apparently he's got a new film coming out for American audiences, which was supposed to be out this December, but I haven't heard any promotion for it. So don't know if it's coming or not.
1: Hmm. So. We will see. Other than that, just like you, Ahsoka.
0: Man, um, let's let's get into Ahsoka. Uh, first off, I, I had to really think about this, and and when I say think about this, I'm I'm talking about the Disney Plus era of Star Wars shows since the Mandalorian started about four years ago, and uh, right, and we've had some great moments. We've had well, obviously the very famous Luke Skywalker moment, yeah, the first the first live action appearance of Ahsoka moment. Um, couple others in there. I mean, as much as people don't like Boba Fett, him riding the Rancor was a fantastic Star Wars moment. But this episode, this forty minutes, and I, I could argue this might be the best forty minutes of Star Wars of any of the fucking television episodes yet. I mean, this was what we grew up watching. Exciting yeah. lightsabers, uh, good dialogue, a in highly intriguing storyline. That just from we 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 took the first three episodes and we just moved the story further very quickly a lot in these forty minutes, um, uh, intrigue, uh, characters battling with themselves as far as their decisions they make. I mean this was total fucking Star Wars in forty minutes and it was beautiful and it was awesome and I found myself smiling from ear to ear for the first time watching Star Wars in a bit, um, and. and this is like, you can see when Dave Filoni puts his hands on things. And I know him and John Favreau are producers throughout most of these shows. Right. But you Mm -hmm. can just tell when they're more hands on, like they are with Mandalorian Ahsoka, that they just get it. And and it feels like this is what Obi-Wan should have been. You know, this excitement that we expected to get from star Wars. And we had it in a couple of episodes from Obi-Wan, but not all six. Um, and, and, and we're getting that in every episode of Ahsoka. Uh, and this is also, for the first three episodes of the show, you know, it kind of you could watch it without having to watch Rebels. For the most part, you could pick up what's mm-hmm. going This episode totally throws out the window and says, well, if you don't watch Rebels, you better get caught up because you're going to be fucking left behind.
1: Exactly, <laughs> That's
0: very much what this episode does. And, and and I thank Dave Filoni and John Favreau for doing that, giving us something that I feel we earned for those of us that stuck with Rebels for four seasons and did not. We had a conclusion, but. We didn't find out what happened to Ezra and what happened to Thrawn. And now they're leading us in that direction. Um, but, man, this this episode was just, uh, it was great. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I, there's I really tension. Yeah. Uh, there were surprises in it. Like, Merrick, he gone. You know, after all that question, whether it, whether, he, whether he was Ezra or Cal Kessis or some secret character. Nope, he's gone. Only that, gone, dude. Like, Looks like he was a reanimated night sister way he disappeared.
1: You know. Yeah, because he just banished. there was you know, like uh, the sand came out of his suit or something, yeah. you know?
0: And uh and and that how fucking cool is that? Like Ahsoka's just sitting there fighting him and he's doing all this fancy shit with his spinning lightsaber and everything, and she's just like, Nah, boom, bam, okay, you're gone.
1: <laughs> Taking a page out of Obi Wan's book. You know, yeah. Grievous came after him spinning his sabers like that too. And- and obi-wan yeah. blasted his ass
0: yes and uh then it was awesome and just the the fight to um and, and this kind of may have went past people sabine's fight where she's fighting shen and then uh facing off with Balin, even though she doesn't fight him with a lightsaber but mm-hmm. did you notice yes we know she gives herself up at the end because she, otherwise she was going to die because she I don't know so much that she believes Balin that he's really going to help her find Ezra, but I think she also realizes the only way she was going to stay alive. So she yeah. chose to let them capture, but just the confidence that she had fighting Shen compared to the first time she fought her. I mean, oh so yeah, it was awesome. You know, that how much she's growing as a character in just a few episodes. She's and, getting uh, stronger. Yeah. And and it, it was just, it was great. And then, you know, Ahsoka of course gets thrown off a cliff by Balin and seemingly left for for possibly death. But then we have a, um, a major ending that I guess in some ways it was, a ex- unexpected, but if people watch the internet, they knew that the rumors were that this character was going to appear in this show. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell people right now, there's a bit of a spoiler here. So if you want to jump a couple minutes, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, but, uh, you know, Soka goes into the, uh, another realm or the world between worlds, which, this is where it's definitely a rebels throwback because unless you watch rebels, you've never seen this before. You know, when, when, yeah. Ezra, went, when Ezra went into this world to, uh, wasn't it to find Kanan or Ahsoka, someone he went to that world. If I remember right, it's been a while. Since I've seen rebels. Yeah. And, and Yoda was talking to him Yeah, and yeah. And, uh, so she's in, in, in who appears, but Anakin himself in the form of Hayden Christian appears to her. And that's how the episode ends. And, uh, and, you know, and, Even for me, I was like, even though I knew the rumors that Hayden was in the show, it was still awesome. I was like, well, that is cool. Because in Star Wars history, this is the first time ever we've seen Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader appear in a post-Rajor Jedi scene in any form. Um, Now, I'm not not familiar with all the comic books that are out there and all the books. And maybe he's appeared in some form. But as far as what I consider the official canon, which is the live action of the cartoons, this is the first time. So it's a huge moment.
1: Yeah. Oh, big time. And so, you know, it's gonna, the way the next episode is going to start off is going to be awesome because we're going to continue right on from that. Um, they just gave you a little snippet, you know, and that's, that's it, but it's enough to be like, wow, you know, I wonder what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah. It was, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, and, and people said he looked like they used de-aging tech it looked a little off. Okay. Maybe it did. Um, but you know, I mean, it's television. They're gonna do the best they can. Uh, it was just still so cool to see. Um, and obviously they're not going to kill Ahsoka four episodes in their own show. You know, I'm sure she's nah. going to come out of, the, out of the world between worlds in some way. And that's what Hank is there for, to be her guide. Um, but it, it's just, this this show is, uh, I mean, it's, it may be the best thing that's come out of the Disney Plus era so far as far as the television shows. I mean, it's it's starting to, I mean, I love The Mandalorian, but this is starting to, just four episodes in really surpassing it. And it, it's awesome.
1: No, I've a uh, I think, and a cool thing I like is that Sabine is she's having her ups and downs, she's not absolute, you know, and it kind of interrupts this notion that, you know, I've seen in a lot of movies that men have to become, women just are. Wakanda, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, Black Panther, um, he he had to become Chadwick Boseman had to become the Black Panther, Siri just was Black Panther. She create, she was able to create a synthetic uh, and then she Hulk. She just becomes Ray. She just is, you know, and it's, it's just, okay. You know, they're further along than their predecessor right off the bat. You know, Luke could only use the force to, to fly very well. Ray, man, she can go toe to toe with a person who was trained by Luke right off the bat. So, It's it's really refreshing to see a more realistic take on a character that, you know, hey, you know, she's not going to get it right off the bat. And even though she's got previous training that she didn't really follow up on, you know, she's continuing it and she's showing that, you know, hey, she still has some growth potential and she's growing right in front of you, just like you saw Luke grow from, you know, yeah, from from the movies he starred in.
0: And how cool originally. was it to see her, in her mandalorian armor and, and shooting things up do use her armor?
1: that was cool here.
0: I had to do a double take I
1: was like what the heck
0: badass
1: <laughs> uh-huh it reminded me of that that episode with rebels uh whenever she was uh trying to use, when she who's she fighting she going against ahsoka and trying to use uh her her ba- her bounty hunter gear yeah. and she was getting bested and she's like sometimes there's no I think she gets basically in a in a you know, in so many words, there's no replacement really for using the force. There's so it's only so far that those bounty hunter uh, gadgets are going to get you. Right. She was trying to use the grappling hook and stuff like that. And the, the bolos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see that again. Another, another callback.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's really good stuff. And, um, you know, I am, I'm, it's a little sad we're already halfway through, only four more to go. but uh, Yeah. But, you know, because because now we go into the unknown space because we really don't know what's next. I mean, we know the Bad Batch Season 3 is coming. We know Skeleton Crew is coming. But like, with all these strikes and stuff, we don't know when it's coming. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm going to enjoy this while we can. Um oh, yeah. We, we move along. Um, and that leads us to some news. Um, and we'll start with the Soka news. If you want to see Season episode 5 on the big screen there are certain cities and areas that are having big sc- cinematic screenings of this um now me personally i don't think i'm going to go pay 12 bucks to watch something i can watch at home um you know but mm-hmm. if you're interested in that in your area on tuesday night they're having the screenings of episode 5 of Soka in limited theaters um and it is the only, it is the other episode besides the premiere that's directed by dave Filoni. so um we'll see what happens when it comes out this uh Tuesday night I will be watching it comfortably on my couch with my television about 8:15 like I've been doing. And I'm okay with that. And uh so we had some um a new trailer this week for Godzilla minus 1 and uh man shit that looks badass. That's all I'm going to say. Even I showed I was on earlier about watching Godzilla 2000 and I showed the trailer to Wyatt even he was like man that looks intense, dad. I was like yeah, it does um and i asked him i said "Do you want to go see it even if you have to read it if there's no english he goes oh yeah i want to see it anyway i'll just watch the action if i can't keep up without reading but that boy reads just fine i'm sure he'll be fine yeah yeah but uh but yeah and it's going to be have a nationwide theatrical release in in december i think it's the first of december um godzilla minus one is going to come out so then we're gonna have godzilla minus one december and godzilla vs kong in april um so lots of godzilla action for godzilla fans in the next uh, eight months
1: Yeah, no, the trailers look awesome, man. It it looks like a a horror movie. looks like mass hysteria.
0: Yeah, I feel like like
1: Toho felt Damn near entertaining.
0: Well, I think Toho felt like, you know, the the American films have been pretty successful since the new reboot in 2014. And uh, they're like, okay, we got to step up our game. This is what Godzilla fans are looking for. You know, high, well-done CGI, well-done action. Um, You're in 2023. The man in the suit isn't going to cut it. And the bad CGI from Shin Godzilla is not going to cut anymore either. Yeah. You, you've you've got to step up your game if you're, uh, if you're um Toho. And that, that's what it looks like they're doing. Uh, were you a fan of Disney's Gargoyles back in the day? Yes. Yeah, oh, I remember
1: Lexington and um, – and, man, I remember Lexington, the small gargoyle. I forget yeah. the, the lead one. But, yeah, they always had the little cop mm-hmm. chick that was friends with them and
0: stuff. Yeah. It was good stuff. I mean, you can watch it on Disney Plus shows on there, but the uh, the very popular and very hard-to-find Super Nintendo game is getting a remaster. And it's going to be out on PlayStation 4 and up systems, so Xbox One, Xbox Series X, all those. It's going to be available on... Um, nice. It's going to be out October 19th, so just around the corner. Anybody wants to buy a remastered version of the Gargoyles video game. And um, okay, man, this is uh, something that has long been a a topic of ours, the crow remake starring, uh, scars. Oh yeah. From John McFour and, and Pennywise. Uh, you know, apparently the movie's already shot. Um, I didn't realize this and they was just looking for distributors. So, so it had financing from a studio, but yet didn't have a distributor. I guess Lionsgate has picked this up. They're going to release it sometime in 2024. It's directed by Rupert Sanders. Who's best known for his snow white in the Huntsman movie and the ghost in the shell live action version. Um, You know, I have – the Brandon Lee movie is just very, very special to me, and I know to you, too. To a lot of people. And uh, I feel like, you know, you have to be very careful with this not to step on Brandon's legacy. And I've said this before in the show. I think if you're going to make a Crow remake and you make it a lot like the comic book, uh, hyper-realistic, straight from the pages, it could work. Because as much as I love the 1994 film, it's not just like the comic book. It takes a lot of liberties, but it still tells the story. Right. Um, so we'll see. But then I look at the IMDb cast list and I see character names that already don't match the comics. So That gets me right away going, what are they doing? You know, what, what is this movie? Um, it's
1: like another City of Angels or what? So
0: I'll hold judgment till I see some footage and maybe see what it says. Maybe it'll surprise us, but I um, just don't feel like it needs to be made. It's been, I mean, the remake's been cursed going back to 2008. They've been trying to get this thing made. And it's never had any luck. So it just feels like it's just something that just needed to be left alone. Uh, we all know the film has been cursed since it was originally made with the death of Brandon Lee and some of the other injuries they had on set. And uh, it's just such a special story that was told by James O'Barr from his heart and from his own personal losses. And the movie became a special thing because of Brandon Lee. It just feels like leave it alone. Let it be what it is and the legacy it has. But Exactly. Three- remake will be out in 2024 um you know they announced got some dc news you know they announced that this they're going to animate crisis on infinite earths one of the most popular stories of all time by mar wolfman and the late great george perez and uh um, now it appears it could be a trilogy of films they haven't officially announced this yet but they've they've gone to animating it and the story is so big that they can't and i thought this originally I was like, there's no way they can do this one movie um, but according to some copyright notices that have come out and some uh, casting call sheets for voice casting that is showing up listed as three different things, and there's no official word yet, but it looks like we might be getting a trilogy of prices on Infinite Earths films from the animated wow. movies. Wow. And the DC animated movies have not been as good lately, but uh, I hope that the powers that be know the strength of this story and how popular it is, and surely they're going to bring this to the screen um, in properly told versions, You know, I would, I would think. For the DC animators You gotta do Chrysler yeah. and Infinite Earths The right way
1: I mean they, They've they done I mean they did The uh, The Superman Death of Superman In, in two different that Movies So well. yeah, it
0: yeah it was, was done Superman well along. Halloween was done well Yes um, Hush was done well Even though I felt Hush could have probably Been two films It felt a little Rushed at time but It was still good um, But yeah This is definitely one That they need to uh, Take their time with And do it right Yeah um, because uh, it's something that I'm excited for, and I hope it's good. And then lastly, um, Annual Batman Day is on September uh, 16th, uh, next Saturday. And okay. something that they started a few years ago, and you can go to your local comic stores. you got free comic books they're giving away, and there's a couple of new graphic novels will be out for sale that day. And if you want, you know, we talked some Christopher Nolan earlier, His Christopher Nolan's trilogy will be in some theaters that day. Um, I don't think you have to go see the trilogy. I think you can go see... Any one of the movies, if you want to, you want to go see Batman Begins or The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises and catch them mm-hmm. on the big screen. And they'll be uh, playing in theaters that, uh, that Saturday, the 16th. And um, HBO Max will be spotlighting all their uh, Batman stuff they have on when you log into your Max account that day. Um, so, you know, Batman, my favorite superhero of all time. So I'm down with Batman Day. I think it's cool. Heck yeah, dude. Why I'm not? probably not going to be in town that day to go visit a comic shop, just like I wasn't last year either on Batman Day, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so no free comics for me, but that's okay. I got lots of cool shit. Um, that's it, man. A lot more news today than some weeks. The news has been... Yeah. I, I dug deep into the hole this week, and I brought some news. And,
1: uh, it so it now, had definitely been a little shallow, you know, shallow. for sure. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, it's bad when you're going through the news sites and they're reporting on the latest issue of blue beetle is has a surprising, okay. You're, you're doing comic book shop news, which tells me movie and television news is slow. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there, no one's ever reported on an issue of a comic unless it's like a major event, you know, <laughs> but, um, and no disrespect to blue Beetle, all good there. So, um, so th- let's get to today's featured film. Um, a story that has had, uh, many theatrical versions over the years. And, uh, so in, in the late nineties, they had decided, uh, this was directed by Ryan Reynolds, not Ryan Reynolds. Um, Kevin Reynolds. Kevin Reynolds Kev- yes. Yeah. Who, who was a hot director at the time and a friend of Kevin Costner's. And, uh, you know, they were like, Costner was red hot coming off of a uh, dance of the Wolves and some other things they We're like, well, let's make a, uh, a big budget live action Robin hood film. And they, and they, they did that with Robin hood Prince of Thieves. And, um, You know, and and everyone knows the story of Robin, you know, this is a movie that, you know, we always summarize the films, but I feel like we know the story of Robin. He comes back from the crusades and his, uh, lands are being taken against the evil sheriff. So he has to, um, form a, uh, bunch of villagers basically to fight back against the evil sheriff and, uh, by stealing from the sheriff himself and giving to the poor and encouraging the people to, uh, to do just that and fight back against the uh, evil sheriff. And which is, uh, played by the great, um, Oh my God. Why is his name? Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Who is, um, is probably the highlight of this film. Definitely. <laughs> Cause he, uh, he hated the script so badly, but yet he wanted – he. it was kind of odd. He hated the script, but he wanted to do the movie. He was like, I, I kind of want to do this even though I don't like the script. Yeah. Um, so so part of his contract was, can I can I ad-lib? And they were like, okay, sure. But they didn't tell Kevin Costner. So some of Costner's reactions to the movies and to um, Michael Wincott's reactions are – legit because they weren't sure what he was going to say, you know, Um, which makes the movie, you can see on their faces too. You notice Michael Wincott and Kevin Costner kind of look like, wait, what did you just say? Um, You know, uh, by allowing Alan Rickman to um, ad lib lines, but, but it works in the movie so well, this movie, man, Matt, you always pick um, movies that are either, they're not terrible. Well, I don't know. Last action here is pretty terrible, um, but they're not, (laughs) like last year bullet's probably the best movie you've ever picked as far as quality. Um, or they're just really dumb, like Austin powers. Uh, they're entertaining. They're They're for sure. Entertaining. Robin Hood, Prince of thieves is, uh, entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it that the last hour. I really liked the last hour of the film. I think it's, Oh yeah. The end, the last hour is great. It very much feels like a nineties film. You know this, like between this and Point Break was kind of the start of the '90s action era movies that had that certain feel to them. It's hard to explain that feel, but you watch it, you know it was made in the '90s. You know, yeah. Uh, I think
1: yeah, you can just well. tell it's yeah.
0: yeah. I'm gonna let you get into this movie for me because I know it's your birthday pick. But my biggest thing with Robin and Prince of Thieves is like it's like four different types of films. It's a romance film, it's a drama, it's comedy at times and then it's really serious at times like naughty ham's an evil fucking bastard who wants to kill everybody so it's really dark and evil at times and and that's my biggest thing with prince of thieves Is like decide what movie you want to be but that said a lot of 90s action films were like that let's laugh a little bit let's be serious let's have some drama oh the good guy's gonna get the chick too Um, exactly but
1: Uh, they wanted to add a little bit more uh funny stuff to this. There is uh, a part where a uh, little John's wife was going to go into the kitchen whenever they're trying to cause all the ruckus and the distractions during the execution scene. And she was going to kind of rile up all the people in the kitchen. And there was supposed to be like a chef that was going to fall on like a big ass wedding cake. And you're like, Whoa, you know, like one of those that I'm like, Whoa, that's kind of weird. You know, a little throwing slapstick in there. Um, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, it's it's giving you just enough uh you know, like the catapult, they catapult uh Robin and and uh Zim over the wall and Christian Slater characters, uh Will Scarlet he's like, Holy shit, you know, oh
0: fuck me, they made it over. <laughs> here's the thing about that, I read that, right? And like he he actually said that when he watched the stuntmen do it. So he liked it, so he left it in there. Okay. Yeah. And even though it wasn't part of the times, like they, Oh, they didn't talk like that back then. But then I'm like, Nottingham says twit. I doubt they said a twit back then either that they said that word. You know? So, yeah. So what do we say if he said, fuck, you know, it's like.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a cool film. Uh, it's, it starts off pretty dark, you know, and, and it got a lot of flack for being dark. You know, it starts off, you know, in the crusades, of course, And and Robin Hood's, you know, in the midst of people's hands getting cut off for thievery, uh, and he escapes, and he he goes back home, which his father was killed, and it's a dark, deathly, you know, kind of gravely looking scene with the, you know, burning crosses and stuff, and uh, the guy gets, you know, Robin's dad to come out of the castle, and he says, join us or die, uh, the sheriff, uh, because he wants to plot this coup against the king so that he can be the king and and take over uh take over um england he wants all of england um so and it shows a little bit more in the extended version which uh, i watched today where which i don't think you need to show that he collaborated with all these people and tried to pay him them and you know embellishing more about how the highwaymen aka robin hood's taking all this money and stuff uh, but yeah, he wants power, uh, power and money, um, like most classic villains do. And Kevin Costner is like, you know, this spoiled little rich boy, I guess that becomes this leader. Uh, so that's another, uh, trope that's kind of played in here. What's interesting is, uh, Carrie Ells was, they wanted Carrie for this film.
0: He, asked me the film, he thought it was dumb.
1: He thought it was he dumb. It,
0: trip was too contrived and just stupid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's and then the,
0: it's the stupidest fucking movie I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, he's like, Yeah, you know, I want if I am gonna play a, in a stupid film, I want it to be extremely stupid. I want Men in Tights it's singing that.
0: shit. Second stupidest film I've ever seen. It's the stupidest film I've ever seen. It will always be Tropic Thunder. That's oh, a, there that's you cool. go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I then the
0: terrible film, anyway.
1: Y- yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Kristen is it Kristen Wright uh, or she? Uh, she played uh, the uh, princess and uh, Princess Bride. She was supposed to be Maid Marian.
0: Patricia Arquette. No, Robin, from uh Robin, Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, Robin Wright. Marian, yeah. End up marrying Sean Penn, yeah.
1: That's yeah. It. So uh, at the time uh she was Robin Wright. But yeah, yeah she was supposed to be uh Maid Marion. Uh, but of course uh instead uh we got Mary Elizabeth Mastrano mm-hmm. uh and she does a good job. I feel like right. she's she's you can definitely believe that she's in love with Robin. At first she's annoyed because you know she acts like they picked off, picked up from whenever they were children. But then, as you know, she realizes what he's doing, well, she sees and
0: that. His butt and then she realizes, like, okay, I love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh wow, that's Kevin that's. Her
0: ass.
1: Yeah, you know, we have America's ass over here. I guess that was England's ass. You know, <laughs> for over there. Uh, but yeah, she sees him, and then you know, Brian Adams' song plays in the theme in the background, and then the sheriff of Nottingham decides he, you know, with co- being coerced by his. Mom, I guess, because in the extended version she's the mom, and the director was very upset that they took that out of the original version. Uh, you know, she coerces him to say, "Oh, you know, let Mary noble blood," and so he forces a, a marriage with Maid Marion and is going to execute all the all the people of the hood, I guess, people of, of Sherwood Forest, the outlaws, uh, in honor of this marriage. And the battle for the for sherwood is is badass there's there's flaming arrows going everywhere uh what I didn't know until I watched it like three times this week is that the stunt director i guess he plays like almost everybody, and he just kept redressing up and i'm yeah. like i'm like, you know what I found that out, but I'm like watching it uh this this morning, and I'm like, man." that person looks familiar. And sure enough, confirmed on IMDb, he played multiple people. And I was like, why is the same person getting shot over and over and over again? So (laughs) So he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to play everybody. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I thought that was funny. Um, Morgan Freeman's great. We haven't talked about Morgan Mm -hmm. Freeman. Um, He's very intriguing. I feel like whenever he's on, on the screen, you, you pay attention to him. Uh, The painted man as, as they call him.
0: It's also uh, one of those it, movies, that yeah. at times, you forget he's in it. You're like, oh yeah, you go to yeah. you sit down and watch it, you're like, oh, I forgot Morgan Freeman's in this. Yeah,
1: yeah, he ain't flashy, but when he's on screen, you're like, oh shit, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes out the witch at the end. You know, he fucking right. throws his scimitar and boomerangs that shit right into and her chest.
0: Part, and I think part of Morgan Freeman is not, and like you said, he's fine in this movie, but it came out, what, uh, Unforgiven was what, a year later? Yeah, so people remember him for Unforgiven for this era, you know, because he's so good in that movie. Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah, it's better performance and in, in Unforgiven. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's a, it's a tale that's old as time. And what's cool at the end, of course, Kevin Costner saves the day. He gets the girl. He saves King Richard's throne, and King Richard, played by yes. Sean Connery. I mean,
0: that's why you have a hard on for this movie because
1: yes, Connery. yes. Yeah. James Bond is in this film. Also, he played Robin in. Robin and Marion in uh, yeah. the seventy six nineteen seventy six 1976 film yeah. with Richard Harris as Richard the Lionheart, which was right. pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I tried to look up to see if there was any, like, if this was like a true like store, if it was like historical fiction, if this whole it's Robin Hood thing like was, legends, I think it, it's legends. They can't prove nor disprove. And, yeah. and I, apparently there were many Robin Hoods, yeah, you know, Even uh, I think like King Edward II was considered a Robin Hood um, because he did something similar. I didn't look at read into it too much, uh, but it's still pretty cool to see this version of of historical fiction on uh, historical legend, I guess, uh, yeah. on screen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, well, I think what carries this film is uh, is Alan Rickman. Um, I think good good action a good supporting cast Costner is kind of in and out um, I he's somewhat he believable that. in the role yeah. yeah the accent just he hired a coach and then of course they fire, he fired him like halfway through um, so there's still I feel like there's still pieces of the film that came across where he's still kind of in that accent a little bit uh, that made it through uh, I think so I kind of hear it right. oh, yeah,
0: and yeah, then I he
1: know. goes back to speaking normal.
0: Well, you know, Cosmer does his job in the movie. You know, one, uh, yeah, the one thing I don't like in the movie is the last five seconds. I hate the fourth wall break of Friar Tuck at the end of the movie because it makes no sense. Oh yeah, why? You know, and he goes,
1: "Okay, well, get on, you know, get out of here."
0: Yeah, he know? talks to the audience at the end of the film, and it's like, it's like it must be one of those things because you said they wanted more comedy, so they left that in. But it's just yeah. like every time, I'm like, why is this in the movie? It's weird, you know. <laughs> Um, and then let's talk about people forget where, you know, the, 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 this song, this movie also owed a lot of its success to the massive radio hit of Brian Adams, everything I do and do it for you. And yes. nowadays with the advent of streaming radio and stuff, people have no idea what that was like. I mean, you could not turn your radio on in 1991 for more than 30 minutes without hearing that song. It was yes. everywhere. And because it was a cross hit, it would be on country stations, it would be on easy listening stations, it would be on rock and roll stations because Brian Adams is known for rock and roll. This was one of the most massively hit crossover singles ever, probably even till this day, I would imagine. That's how big they still play it on TikToks and stuff. It's, I mean, it's, it was a massively huge hit. It resurrected Brian Adams' career. It had been, you know, he had some success in the 70s and early 80s, and this brought his career back up. I mean, he was you know, sold millions of Robin Hood records because of this. And, um, and, and that was a time in the nineties. Those soundtracks were huge for movies. We talked. Oh
1: yeah. And music videos. So it's like, it just keeps putting Robin Hood Prince of Thieves in the spotlight. That's why it made like $400 million on a budget of 40 million.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it owed a lot to the, the success of that song. And, uh, like you say, you'll still hear it today. You'll hear it in, in trailers and other things. And, and Brian Adams, uh, I read some that he still to this day. He says, he, he, he he says, yeah, I'm tired of playing it, but I play it every night at my shows because I know people want to hear it. Yeah. And, uh, and he still plays it, you know, you know, 30 years later it shows. Um, and it was a huge hit for him. Um, but you know, overall, man, you know, it's like I was dogging you some text messages. Like, Oh, Robin, you know, the movie is very entertaining. you know, it's a fun film. It's definitely a 90s film. Uh, and it got me thinking, though, too, like, you know, I know, like, some of the early Robin Hood movies in the 50s and 60s are considered classics. But, you know, yeah. as far as modern film, this is probably the best one we've had. Because, you know, I tried to watch that Russell Crowe one. My God, you want to fall asleep watch a movie? Watch that fucking movie. It's yeah. like nothing happens. Like, they, you watch the trailer for the Russell Crowe one, it shows him shooting an arrow. It looks like there's action in it. I don't know where maybe in the last 30 minutes of the film, I didn't make it that far. It was the first half hour of the film. is wow. Literally the first hour of the film was Robin Hood sitting around a table talking to people. That's what I got out of it. it is
1: That's boring. nuts.
0: It was a bore fest.
1: Dude, yeah. at the time, obviously, you know, it's like there are other movies now that are way, have way more action, Infinity War. Uh, but, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, you know, felt like it had a lot of action in it. And parents, you know, real. Yeah. And man, me and my cousin we'd watch this thing like every summer. Like there'd be days where we would just heat up like a, a crap ton of pizza rolls and, and we'd split like a two liter of Pepsi or or cola and and we just watched this movie. Yeah. And then we had the NES game. I don't know if you ever had the NES game, mm-hmm. um, but we played we played Robin Hood Prince of Thieves on NES and uh I felt like the game was pretty entertaining. Uh it kind of rolled like uh played like gunsmoke a little bit. Uh, it had that <laughs> whenever you got yeah. hit, and the screen would flash. Um, but it was it was cool, man. You know, definitely uh, uh, definitely a lot of cool aspects of the film.
0: This movie also has a small Star Wars connection as a what? there were a lot of leftover molds from Star Wars toys. Yeah, uh, and that they used for this movie. For the they
1: used that for like the Kenner toys, Ewok,
0: the Ewok um, treehouse. Yeah, it was, it was repainted as a Sherwood treehouse. Wow. Some of the weapons and figures were remolded and used for this movie. Um, and just turned to Robin Hood figures and things like that. So
1: that makes like, sense. Uh, I wonder if some of the catapults were too.
0: The Rancor Keeper? Yeah. From the Star Wars line? That's Friar Tuck as an action figure. Oh and my God. So they That is them. cool. I think the Robin Hood mold was a new mold, but they reused some molds from the Star Wars line for this this movie. Um, Way to
1: use the force, baby.
0: But Here Yeah, we go. overall though, man, just a... Uh, um, a, a fun film, and you know, I, I rewatched it this week. I realized how much I do remember this movie. So, I know I've seen it way more than I, I thought I had seen it, and uh, it was it was all good. So, um, but yeah, not a bad, not one of your, not a bad birthday pick, Matt, Even though I was dogging you, yeah,
1: man. Uh, I like you said, I've definitely picked I didn't, uh, I didn't picked worse. Like I,
0: didn't dis- <laughs> I didn't dislike Bullet, even though I felt it to be very nineteen seventy ish, kind of slow. Oh yeah. But the, out of your last three or four birthday picks, i probably enjoyed rewatching this one the most.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It definitely brings you back. It's, it's one of those films that, that definitely brings you back and makes you appreciate, uh, some early nineties stuff and makes you reminisce a little bit. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, so next week we're going to, uh, jump back out of the nineties and into the 2010s. And, uh, this is a movie that, um, It it hits tenth anniversary this past uh, May or so, and uh, we I just I couldn't I didn't find a good spot for it to fit in, so we're going to do it now in uh, in September, (laughs) and uh, and that is the you know Star Trek right now has been uh, back in the news. It's doing really well in Paramount Plus, a lot of really popular shows. Yeah, and uh, I've been watching Strange New Worlds, and I really like it, and you know I'm kind of getting back into Star Trek, so so we thought we would take a look back at. uh, We're going to actually have. A back-to-back JJ Abrams week um, here in the next two weeks, and I didn't even realize that till after I put the movies down because uh, we're going to do Super Eight in a couple weeks. But next week we're going to do Star Trek Into the Dark, Into the Darkness, the sequel to his 2009 uh, mega Star Trek hit reboot. and everyone under your command killed but i believe in you jim darkness is coming this could just be the beginning beginning of what all-out war
1: I request permission to go after him. I cannot allow you to do this. Jim, you're not actually going after this guy, are you?
0: Let's go get this son of a bitch. You are a pawn, Kirk. Sir,
1: there's a ship heading right for us.
0: You can't even guarantee the safety of your own crew.
1: Shall we begin? I'm sorry.
0: We're outnumbered. Outgunned. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I only know what I can do.
1: The ship's dead, sir. She's gone. No, she's not. No ship should go down without her, Captain.
0: I believe in you, Jim. Of looking forward to rewatching this. You know, this is out of the new era of Star Trek films. I've only seen this one a couple of times, um, you know, where I've seen the 2009 one several times. Cause I um, really like that one a lot. Uh,
1: yeah. It's uh, a good one.
0: Yeah. But into the darkness is pretty good too. You know, it's got some great moments in it. Uh, got a lot of violence in it. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch playing a, a new version of Khan. Um, so it should be a fun rewatch to check it out this week and, uh, and, and, re- and discuss it and look back on 10 years since uh, this hit. And um, and we we blew our load, so to speak. And in a couple of weeks after that, we'll we'll talk Super Eight. Um, I didn't even it did not even occur to me that they were both directed by J.J. Abrams. I had to I know right movies. <laughs> I'm going through Paramount Plus and seeing, them. Man, we haven't done this movie. We haven't done this movie. I'm making a movie list, and I'm like, okay, we'll do that one. So oh well, fuck it. We'll, <laughs> we'll just visit some J.J. Abrams over the next couple of weeks. Um, but until then, happy birthday, Matt. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you all for always listening to Rebel Radio Podcast.com for all your rubber radio needs. And um we want to just celebrate, and be happy that Matt got another year and grew another pube. You know, and maybe his voice there we will go. Drop, his voice will drop a little bit more too. Light a lot of candle for me. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Uh, remember as all remember as always, just go there just
1: go there and do it.